Hello and welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. It is Wednesday, the 3rd of February, 2021. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. So um, as we went to break, we were talking with... um, uh, what were we doing? We were talking with Jennifer Carter about um, about the work that she does. And uh, prior to that, when we went to the break, I sometimes make up like a funny um, uh, name. I don't always say, and I'm Todd Brinker. Like we sign off with our, our names as, as we go to each commercial break. And sometimes I make up a name. And I made up a name uh, that was an inappropriate body part to be announcing on the radio in Yiddish, and I apologize to those. I immediately knew what I had said as soon as I said it, um, and I, not by way of excuse, but by way of explanation, there happened to be an article up on the screen in front of me about a, uh, a Jewish folk punk band from Brooklyn, New York, that is named that, and it just popped into my head, and I said it. And so uh, apologies to anybody who was offended. Um, let's see. Mariah Carey's sister is suing her for $1.25 million. Apparently she says that she made false claims of abuse, uh, and that that has inflicted emotional distress on her sister in, in her memoir. So Mariah Carey published a memoir, the meaning of Mariah Carey in September. And she alleges that in it, uh, there, she had abuse at the hands of her sister. Among things, she says, is that Allison, who's eight years older, threw boiling water on her, causing third-degree burns, and once tried to sell her then-12-year-old Mariah, her sister, 12, her 12-year-old sister, to a pimp, basically. She tried to do that. Allison's suing her for $1.25 million, claiming there's no evidence for any of Mariah's claims, which Allison denies. Uh, the memoir also alleges that Mariah's brother Morgan was violent. Uh, and uh, Mariah referred to Morgan and Allison as her ex-brother and ex-sister. So, yeah, a little dysfunctional in the family there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Allison's lawsuit that Mariah is going after her penniless sister who is broken and profoundly damaged from past trauma, including a 2015 attack, in order to sell books. Allison also says that she was abused at the hands of their mother, who forced her to attend terrifying middle-of-the-night satanic worship meetings that included ritual sacrifices and sexual activity. Oh, my goodness, this is a messed-up family. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I want to believe any of this stuff or it's all just uh, them all working together to create publicity for this horror show that is is going on. Uh, But wow, wow. Okay, Um, yeah. All right, this is the kind of thing I complain about and say it's not news because really, really, I mean, come on, people. Um, Jeff Bezos is stepping down as the CEO of Amazon and the gentleman who has been in charge of the um, uh, data um, and uh, information management part of the business is going to become the new CEO. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to think that, that, you know, I think part of it is, is now he's not the guy who gets called up before Congress anymore. So. You know, he's not the CEO. You got to call somebody up before Congress. Call up this other dude. Um, although he still is going to be chairman of the board, so he's still, you know, he could put himself back into the CEO and hire and fire anybody he wants. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out in the long run. Excuse me. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, he says that uh, that he's. Um, uh, interested in doing 
special projects and things like that and doesn't want to have to deal with the day-to-day running of the business. Although as CEO, as, as chairman, he will still obviously be paying very close attention to what's going on with the running of the business, but he's going to allow somebody else to do that. Um, it's not like he, excuse me, not like he does it all himself anyway. He, um, he, uh, you know, he's got, uh, people, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people who work at Amazon to make the whole thing go. And so, um, you know, as the company gets bigger and bigger, the CEO does less and less hands-on stuff and more and more managing the people who manage the people who manage the people who do hands-on stuff. So, um, you know, he sets the direction and the tone and makes the business decisions. And he's going to hand off some of that to the to somebody else so that he can sp- focus on, on uh, you know, flying rockets to the moon and stuff. Here's Aaron. Happy Wednesday. Are you there? I'm here. Ah, I was going to say, I hear ye not, but now I do. (laughs) So it is a little cooler than it was yesterday. It's 47 degrees outside here in inland Southern California. Yeah. Just saying. Give a little mini weather report. Yeah, another cloudy day, but... I don't think we're supposed to get any rain today, although, you know, anytime it's cloudy, you could always get a few sprinkles here and there, so we'll see what happens. You have clouds? I have no clouds. I have no oh, really? wisps. Yes. It's uh, partly cloudy here and expected to be mostly cloudy rest of the day. Ah, it's clear. I see blue sky. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking at, at a uh, uh, darksky.net forecast i'm not staring out at the actual sky because i'm in my shack out back studios and i can't uh, <laughs> need to put in a sunroof put in a sunroof i'm in the silver my... bullet studios there you go i like that except i think that the <laughs> coors people might have an issue with with, yes, with that naming true. <laughs> yeah yeah they might have a problem with that it's funny uh, so, never know. Um, you never know. So, what news is happening in the world that you would like to talk about, Sir Todd? Well, I was kind of revisiting some of the stuff we'd already talked about, like the um, uh, Bezos stepping down, and you know, in terms of implications for the company, I can't imagine. You know, when when you get a company of that size, the, it's not like changing the the guy whose name is under the word CEO, uh, under the letter CEO, is going to significantly change the day-to-day operation, um, especially if he's still the chairman of the board who has the authority to then hire and fire the CEO. So, um, you know, I think, I think he's just tired of the day-to-day of doing that, and so he's he ready to, to hand it off. Yeah, he's going to hand it off and and do the things that he likes to do. You know, he's going to stay involved, but he's got projects that he's interested in, and I think he'd just as soon go do those projects at this point and let somebody else worry about, you know, making the business go. And you know, as as chairman, he's certainly going to keep an eye on it, and if things don't go the way he thinks they should, he may uh, step in and go, you know, whoa, let's not do it that way. But um, I suspect he's yeah, he's we're not going to see any major changes in the way Amazon operates. Anytime soon. So, I wonder how this pandemic, how permanent the way we shop and interact with, with one another, how permanent the changes that we've made will be. 
So right now, yeah. people are shopping online who wouldn't necessarily have shopped online before. Maybe they're the type that likes to go and, and touch and, and, you know, go to the shops and touch the stuff and, you know, and pick out what they want. You know, how much of that, of the people, because, you know, Amazon has exploded in the, in the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. But how much of that, that will be short-lived and how much of that will stick? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I suspect that it, a good portion of it's probably going to just be new habits, and people are going to go ahead and go with that. Um, you know, um, I mean, I could be wrong. I know that the I, I happened to go to uh, the our local um, BJ's restaurant to pick up a to go meal the other day, and it was after they had uh, uh, allowed them to start serving food on the patio again. And yeah. as I went to the little podium where you pick up your to-go meals that's sort of off to the side of the patio, there was a woman sitting there, and she, uh, they had just served them some drinks, and, 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 uh, but they were waiting on food. And she turned and engaged me in conversation and, and was curious as to whether I had um, uh, been you know, doing me- meals to-go prior to the pandemic, or was it just a pandemic thing? And, uh, you know, it's something I had done previously. I had done pick up and, and carry home meals from some sit down restaurants before. Um, it's something that I've done multiple times over the years. And so it was normal for me. But, uh, you know, but for me, it's very abnormal to have food delivered to my house. I have had pizza delivered to my house in my entire life exactly once. Seriously? Yeah. And it was during the wow. COVID. And and I have had pizza more than once in the last year, so most of the time I go pick it up. It's just that's that's the way I've always done. It. I have not had people deliver food to my house, uh, um, but I get all kinds of Amazon packages delivered to my house. So, you know, huh. go figure. But uh, well, that's so you know. interesting. I, yeah, I did not She's... like Grubhub, DoorDash. I had never used any of those those uh-huh. until COVID, and I use them right. a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense to have the food brought to you. Why do you have to go out and go get it? Um, but it's just not something I've ever been in the habit of doing. And so I don't do it. Um, the lady I was speaking to said that they had had pizza delivered to their house maybe twice in their life. And they're a little older than me. Uh, they looked, or at least appeared to be a little older than me. Um, you know, and so, you know, as soon as the restaurants were open, they decided to go have a meal sitting down on the patio. Although, based on what we learned yesterday from the studies of NFL players and interactions, sitting down on a patio and taking your mask off to eat is probably the worst thing you could do in terms of exposing yourself to all the people who are underneath that tent and them to you. So, keep your mask I don't on. Care. Take your food yeah, home. I don't, I'm still going to eat out. If I went to because we, we ate at a, we did some patio dining this weekend and it was lovely. It was wonderful. Yeah. I've done it um, uh, a couple times when we've had slightly, you know, when things have opened back up a little bit. But uh, but based on what I know now, I would be less inclined to do that. That distancing so, apparently is not a protection for you. So, well, yeah, yeah I um, we can't live our lives afraid, and COVID isn't going anywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, but I think characterizing it as fear is different than characterizing it as prudence, you know? Okay. So, I mean, I don't feel fear. I feel that it's the prudent thing to do. Um, you know, I I have some 
respiratory issues in the past, and I don't want to put myself in a situation where that I'm might be exacerbated. I'm not criticizing you, Todd. So. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying that, but I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that the, the use of the word fear implies something that I don't think is necessarily indicative of people's reasons for choice. So, okay. um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, I mean, the, the wonderful thing about our country is everybody gets to make their choice. You know, nobody says you have to go sit in a restaurant, but nobody says you have to sit at home either. You can make the choice. And that's what I like about when they're opening things back up. What I really hate is when the government is saying, you know, you can only do this, but you can, you can do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, but you can't do that. And there's no basis in science for that choice. They're just picking winners and losers. Yes, because, you know, what we learned from the NFL as well is going to a supermarket is also dangerous. And, you know, going to Home Depot, which people have done. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, going to a casino. It's interesting. There's a there's an ad that's running for Morongo Casino that I've seen several times right. um, about how safe it is to be at their tables and, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, I don't know that it is, but I don't know that it isn't. And so, yeah. you know, they're trying yeah. to get well, people from- through the doors. From the from what the the NFL study said, at least my takeaway was is that that masks really do work, and that if you wear your masks, that you're 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 mitigating a the majority of risk. And so, if you're in a place where they are forcing you to wear a mask, then um, uh, you're probably better off. But going in somewhere to sit down and take off your mask and eat is the part that I think is is increasing your risk as opposed to uh, decreasing your risk. But if you're in a place where they're going to keep your mask on the question is are they really keeping your mask on and are, are is there are there people being mask police within a company or within a business saying no sorry sir wearing it on your chin is not going to help you you know has to cover your face you know cover your face cover your no cover your face holes if you cover your face holes we're good but uh yeah that should be a, on a t-shirt right don't be a face hole <laughs> <laughs> we got in holes and out holes. Cover up your in holes and out holes. <laughs> oh yep. my goodness! Yeah. So, um, what else is happening? Any tech news that's interesting? Um, well, I mean, there's lots of rumor stuff going on. There hasn't been a whole lot of announcements in terms of anything significant. Um, uh. You know, not too long ago, Google or Google, uh, Samsung released their Galaxy S21 phone, which is their new top of the line phone. And they did a drop test on it. And on the very first test, which, you know, when they do these tests, they start with like a mild test and then they escalate to higher drops and things like that. And very first test, it shattered the screen. So, um, yeah, which wasn't a great sign of, of hearty build quality. Um, so, yeah, they were comparing it against an iPhone 12, and so they were just starting, you know, they, they started with like a, a two-foot drop or a three-foot drop and then started going up from there. And historically, most of the, the newer phones survived those those first few drops without any damage or with minimal damage. Um, and I don't know if it just was a quirk that this one landed just wrong or what, but, yeah, that's not a good sign. Uh, and then there's all kinds of stuff in the news about uh, the Apple the supposed Apple car that they're going to now build with Hyundai and whether or not that's going to happen and what are the real specs going to be. And some specs leaked out and a lot of people pointed out that, you know, for a car that's supposed to be released in 2025, those specs are just about on par with what you can get in a Tesla now. Um, 
So yeah, don't get impressed. <laughs> so we'll see. So, I, I, you know, I don't put a whole lot of stock in a lot of those rumors because they don't know. Well, you know, speaking of Hyundai, I've actually been, I want a new car. Mm-hmm. My car runs fine, but I want a new car because this one's a, is, you know, now 13 years old and, uh, I want a new car. Um, yeah. and so, uh, I've been looking at the, the little Hyundai Kona and I guess they were filming the commercial for that when we were in Hawaii, but, um, the Hyundai Kona, it is so cute. Like I yeah. really want one of those. Yeah. It's the, they, um, the, the, uh, Kia equivalent of the Nero, the Kia Nero and the Hyundai Kona are, are, uh, like vehicles, except the Nero is available only as a, as a uh, hybrid. Oh, well, they're the same company, right? He, Hyundai and Kia are the same company. Yeah, it's it's like Ford and Lincoln. Yeah, you know, or Chevy and Buick. So they're they're sister companies that work off of the same basic platform, and what you get is a slightly different trim variations and stuff. But uh, and you know, slightly different engine combinations sometimes. But essentially, you're getting the same vehicle, so you can pick and choose whichever one you want. I know that the Kia, Kia Nero at the Kia dealer in Riverside. They don't have any in stock. They sell them as soon as they come in. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. As a as a hybrid, they are super, super hot uh, in terms of uh, sales. And so they said that we, we, we can't get them in quick enough to, to, you know, if we could sell, we could sell more than we're getting is, is basically the a good problem to have, I guess, or, you know, a bad problem if you're trying to make more money. But, um, yeah, they said they, wow. they, they don't stay on the lot. So, and I would assume that the Hyundai is very similar. I think the Hyundai, when it launched, did not have a hybrid version, but it now does. So you can get um, the the Kona as a hybrid as well. And but I uh, want the Hun- four wheel drive. Yeah, and I don't know if the hybrid does four wheel drive or not. I don't know the different combinations. I'm not familiar enough with it. The um, the uh, Hyundai as a corporation, though, you know, one of the things that they've kind of made their bones on is well two things recently their hybrids are are um pushing toyota for like best mileage and so they're they're you know high-end technology at that end of things but also you know their their base cars come with all the features so all of the creature comforts like the you know memory seats and automatic adjusting mirrors and and the the advanced uh, smart cruise control and the 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 you know, backup cameras, which I guess are required now in most cars, but they had them early on. Uh, you know, CarPlay and and uh, and and Android Auto integration and touchscreens. I mean, they they put that in all of their cars, so it's not like you have to you know pay a lot of extra to get the fancy stuff. Um, and uh, so you know, that, there's a lot to like about Hyundai's and and, uh, and Kias these days. So, you know, my my. I don't need a new car. I want a new car. And so I don't know who's going to win that tug of war, my needs or my wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think your husband's been waiting for a truck for a while, so he may have something to say about that. <laughs> no, no, no. He got the last new car. Uh-uh. Oh, no he way. did? Okay. Okay. That's oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, um, yeah. And, Although, I, you know, I don't know. If we if we bought him a truck and and. If we bought him a truck, I would I would gladly take his car. So, you know, if we did that, that'd be his fine. His car's really I, nice. His car's really nice. You know, and when I first saw that car, I, I it was because it, it's it's a um, it's a Ford C Max, right? Yes. Yeah, and you look at the C Max, and it's not a 
a a a little a, a small compact car, but it's not really an SUV. It's sort of somewhere in between. It sort of sits upright more than most small cars, but it's not it's not really a small SUV either. It's kind of this weird hybrid thing that I wasn't quite sure how to take when I first saw the vehicle, and I had seen it before you guys had one. Um, but having driven it, you know, um, I'm impressed. I, it's, it's a pretty nice riding vehicle. It is you a know? zippy little thing. It really yeah, is. Yeah, and you, and you sit up a little bit so that you don't feel like you're, you know, down at the, you know, looking at the wheel hubs on the, S, uh, on the big semis as they drive by on the freeway. <laughs> I mean, it's not an F-150. You're not sitting up amongst the clouds, but... Uh, but it's it's a nice little car, and it's easy to park because it is still pretty small and compact. So I like little zippy cars, and and mm-hmm. and it and it has to do with parking. It has to do with like parking garages. Um, the only mm-hmm. thing with the C Max that I don't like is that it's got a lousy turn radius. And for a car as small as it is, that seems strange, but it does. So isn't that weird? I had a, a an Infinity, the Infinity that I used to drive. Loved that car. Very sporty. Uh, small car, you know, just nice tight suspension. I loved everything about it except the turn radius. Had the same issue. I have the full size Mazda CX nine SUV, and it turns tighter than my than my uh, Infinity used to. Yeah. You know, and I didn't understand that. Yeah, I, I I don't. That's you know everything else about the car. I really I really like. It's got a surprising amount of room. It's very comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. to, to take trips in. We've take, taken road trips in it, and it's very yeah. comfortable, fits all of our stuff. Um, well, and that hatchback flexible. shape allows you to put all kinds of stuff in the back. I mean, like an it SUV, does. you can you can just yes. load those suckers up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I don't know. I was just looking at the little Kia, the little S, the little um, uh, Kona, not Kia, uh, Hyundai Kona. Hyundai, and, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just really super cute. I like it a lot. Yeah. But I, yeah. No, you weren't with us the day we went to the coffee plantation and we passed them on the road with their whole film crew and everything shooting a commercial for the Kona in Kona. It was kind of cool. It <laughs> well, was kind of cool. It's like film it there. Yeah, you see this big film crew and you go, "What's going on? What's going on?" And then you see the little car drive by and it's like, "Oh, it says Kona on it. It's a Kona yeah. in Kona. Cool." Yes. And it's a cute little thing. <laughs> it is. It is. It's it's well. It's it's similar. Honestly, it's it's not that dissimilar from the C Max in terms of its basic size and stuff. It's just it's a small car that's been sort of or, or a small SUV that's been built on the frame of a small car. So it it uh, um, uh, you know it's it's got a it's it's a short body. It's not very long. It fit you know it's uh, I would imagine it's pretty easy to park. Um, you know it's just it's got a little bit more of that S- SUV sort of aesthetic than than the c-max does so you know i i was trying to describe the c-max as sort of this weird hybrid thing between a small car and a and a and an suv the kona is definitely an suv i mean it's it's on that side of the the road there but uh yeah i i think they're uh you know I mean, obviously you have you never really know a car till you actually drive it you know you get the personality of the car to see how it feels and how it turns and how it, you know r- rides but uh, I'm very intrigued. I know my daughter's been looking at the Nero because she wants a hybrid that gets good mileage, and she wants an SUV. Um, so, problem is you can't go anywhere and test drive one because they sell the dang things. Yes, it's true. You got to just order it, like just and just take it, like you know, like like buying a Tesla. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not like you know buying from Amazon. You don't have 30 days to go. Yeah, no, it's not for me, and give it back. No, got to do that. 
they had to you do can that. find out if any rental car companies have them. That's actually a smart way to do it. And maybe you get the one that's not hybrid, but at least you get a feel for how the car drives. Although that said, it's amazing how much changing a powertrain changes the personality of a vehicle, too. Yes. You know? I remember when I was shopping for that Infiniti, I test drove a Camry, and I drove a four-cylinder and a six-cylinder Camry. And the four-cylinder Camry, I thought, personally, I did not care for it. The suspension was all wiggly and, and just soft, and I just didn't like it. It was just way too, you know, middle-of-the-road vanilla sedan for me. Uh, I got into the six-cylinder, and it was like, I like this. It was much sportier, much tighter. It was just a heavier vehicle, and so the, 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 the uh, suspension was different to handle that extra weight. And, and, and I love that. But then I looked at the price and said, well, for that, I can go get an Infinity. And I like the Infinity more. And that's what you did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, if I'm going to spend that money, then I might as well just get the Infinity. Because the Infinity, not only did I like it more and was it, you know, I had nicer appointments, but it also um, uh, uh, got better mileage and stuff. So it was like, okay, it's a sportier car that has, you know, nicer finishes and and gets better mileage. So I thought, okay, well. If I'm spending that money, I might as well get what I want. So, yeah. Cars. Yes. It's fun to think about buying cars. It is. You know, I have, I, as something I do fairly regularly is I go on to uh, car manufacturers' websites and go to their configurator and just say, well, if I were going to get one of these, how would I set it up and how much would that cost? You know, what would I do? What trade-offs do I choose? You know? And and in some cars, there's not a lot to pick. But in some cars, I mean, you know, holy moly, if you're picking like a, a, a full-size truck, <laughs> you could spend hours sitting down configuring those things. They, you know, we have 15 different uh, engine options, six different transmissions, three different rear axles. Uh, you can get the cab, the extra cab, the super cab. You can get the five-foot, the six-foot, or the eight-foot bed. You can get it two-wheel or four-wheel drive. You, you know, and you're like, uh... It's mind-numbing the number of options you have when putting together a, a truck these days. Um, so, But it's fun. You can sit down and play. It's fun. Sit down and play. So, and then when you're, <sighs> you're done, you go like, hey, that's the price of a house. <laughs> good, thing that, good thing that's a big truck because I might have to live in it. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, my husband would love to have another F one fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, someday. 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 After you buy your car. There you go. <laughs> yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep. So uh football game this weekend. You guys gonna be doing anything special or what's the plan? I have no idea. Yeah. Isn't like, that I sad? I have no idea. Something I have to suffer through, I'll just deal with it when it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I care this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only reason, the, the, the storyline that I think is interesting is the, you know, is the old master going to out outduel the new rising star, right? So Patrick Mahone's running an offense that's uh, one of the m- most potent and well-balanced offenses in the in the league versus uh the wily old vet tom brady with you know a pile of talented uh receivers and running backs and you know i i mean they he beat the green bay packers but he also threw three interceptions in a row so you know tom brady is showing some cracks but we'll see you know he 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 won the game 
you know? So something about that guy, he knows how to win. Whether exactly. it's inspiring those around him or just dumb luck. I mean, you know, he won a Super Bowl because his defense stopped Seattle when they were on the two foot line from getting in the in the in the end zone because Seattle for for some unknown reason didn't give the ball to the best running back in the league. They threw the ball and it got intercepted on on the zero line. I mean, you know, inches from the end zone. So, you know, and Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl and you go, huh. You know, he had nothing to do with that, and yet, I mean, I shouldn't say nothing. Obviously, he led the offense, but, I mean, he was sitting on the bench when it happened. Man lifted another Super Bowl trophy somehow, you know. Well, so. evidently, he leads his team well. Yeah, yeah, there's that. You know, it's one of those things where you think about it, like, what makes up leadership? Why do people, what, what inspires people to work, you know, harder or better for, you know, leader a over leader b and y and you know if you could bottle that it would be like worth gold um you know what is it what is it you know and there's been lots of attempts over the years to study people like that and study leaders and i just i've never seen anything that i thought was i mean maybe people could argue with me that is really definitive i think it's just individual personalities are different and and you can't you know you can maybe isolate some specific traits i mean certainly these guys are confident and and you know assured but, you know, I think there's just a lot of luck involved, too, you know, knowing when to, you know, guessing, at, at, you know, when when do you push somebody harder? When do you console somebody? When do you, you know, when are you their buddy? When are you cajoling them? You know, it's it's I don't know. I think like a lot of people in business, you know, they do really, really well and they forget how much luck is involved with that. And so then they say, well, I could just, you know, obviously I'm I'm a. I'm I'm brilliant because I made this company go, and so then they go to do something else, and most often they don't really do that well in the next thing that they do, just because, you know, they they forget to account for how much luck was involved the first time around. So, huh. you know, so but apparently, you make luck by by being prepared to take advantage, exactly, right? exactly. So, apparently, so apparently this the SpaceX Starship test uh, flight test flight another one ends up in a fiery crash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and when the when our government was doing this uh, in the '60s, you know, creating all these rockets and things would blow mm-hmm. up, that was all um, classified, so people weren't aware. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's got to be hard for the engineers, the SpaceX engineers, to um, hang on a second. Um, yeah, yeah, for the SpaceX engineers to uh, have to have all of this be right in the public eye. You know, you know I'm sure it is a little bit, but engineers tend to look at that that whole failure thing differently than than you and I do. You know, they tend to look at it and go like, okay, well, there's one more. You know, we'll we'll learn from that failure and say, you know, one more thing that we know doesn't work, and so let's keep going until we find the thing that does work, and let's put our heads together and evaluate it. SpaceX is actually very intentionally using a method of rapid evolution, where. Um, uh, you know, if they expect there to be failures and, and that's just cost of doing business because they're trying new things and pushing the envelope of what works and doesn't. So I don't think right. they're as worried about it as the public image might be about, you know, them crashing rockets. Um, did you remember the movie Right Stuff? Oh, I love that movie. The Right Stuff? Yeah. There's that whole scene where there's almost like a montage of rockets blowing up, you know, and you're right. That wasn't something the public was aware of then. But if you watch it, they went through the same thing, you know. Putting somebody yes. on top of a big explosive stick 
uh, and launching them into space is more difficult than one might think. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that line. And built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> yeah, that'll make you think before you crawl yeah. up and sit yourself down on top of that. This rocket that they're doing, by the way, too, and I think that we need to make that distinction, is not the rocket that they're using to launch people up to the space station with. That has already gone through this process and is well-tested and is, is considered to be, I mean, there's a certain amount of risk, but it's considered to be a safe rocket. The rocket that has been blowing up is one that they're developing to launch people to the moon and to Mars. And so it's a much bigger rocket that is a completely new design. And that's the one that they're that they're testing with that is blowing up. So while they ha have an ongoing business that is working and has safely brought people to and from the ISS on on a rocket that launches and then relands, so they can reuse that that primary um, section again, uh, and they're doing that successfully. They're also developing this other rocket, and that's the one that they're that has blown up now multiple times. But it's you know each time they do it, they're learning more and more about what not to do. So. But no people on those rockets. So here's something that I'm just learning about. This is according to Vox. Um, Amazon Amazon has to pay nearly $62 million over outrageous, quote-unquote, practice of pocketing driver tips. Um, Amazon, I didn't realize they were doing this. Amazon will pay $61 million in a settlement with the FTC over allegations that the company used customer tips to subsidize the guaranteed hourly wages of some delivery drivers. Uh, after recruiting the gig workers with a promise of $18 to $25 hourly pay plus customer tips, plus all customer tips, the FTC said the entire settlement uh, is earmarked for affected drivers, but the agency isn't providing details for how drivers can recoup their tips. So um, hmm. I, I didn't realize they were doing that. So this is the quote. In, in late 2016, the FTC alleges Amazon shifted from paying drivers the promised rate of $18 to $25 per hour, plus the full amount of customer tips, to paying drivers a lower hourly rate, a shift that did not it did not disclose to the drivers. Amazon used the customer tips to make up the difference between the new lower hourly rate and, promise, and the promise rate. The, this resulted in the drivers being shorted more than $61.7 million. Holy crap. So well, they that seems incredibly unethical. Right. So the FTC alleges that Amazon intentionally failed to notify drivers of the charges to its pay plan and even took steps to make changes the changes obscure to the drivers. Huh. Oops. Yeah. Hang them high. Slimy. You know yeah, that CEO that's coming in has got some trouble. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, I I mean, it's it sounds like a big number to us, to, to Amazon, it's a drop in the bucket, and they'll take the slap on the wrist, and then, you know, they'll, they won't do that again, but it doesn't mean that they won't do other things. Um, you know, uh, nobody has ever accused them of being the most ethical company in the world. That said, I think they're, you know, quite a ways away from being Facebook, but, but they're, yeah. <laughs> That's is that's that terrible. Standard now? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's like you're better than Facebook. Okay, so is dirt, but you know, <laughs> doesn't mean you can use dirt as a social media. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it, companies have personalities, you know, um, in in ways of behaving, and this is indicative of Amazon. So, 
um, you know, and I'm sure that they don't want it to be indicative of them. And so they're going to do their best to make sure that they at least present a kinder, gentler face. But, uh, you know, they've had issues with the way they treated people and paid people in their warehouses and stuff in the past, too. So, you know, they're not necessarily the best company in the world to work for. Um, I was curious, though, you know, it's like they say tips. You know, how do you tip an Amazon person most of the time? I mean, I don't greet them at the door most of the time. I don't either. I don't even know they're it's, there. They, they will send me yeah. a picture saying that they yeah. were there. I don't know. Yeah. You know, they don't even really like knock on the door, ring the doorbell anymore. They just like dump the stuff and take a picture of it and go. And then you get a picture on your phone going, hey, your stuff's in front of your house. And you go like, that's not my house. Um, no, but, you know, it's usually your house. But, yeah, I've, I don't I've never tipped an Amazon person delivering stuff because, I mean, it's rare that I even see them. Um, you know, if I happen to be not in my shack and in the house, sometimes the dogs will hear the car drive up and then I'll get the, the bark bell going off. But then I don't usually talk to them. I'm busy trying to shut up the dogs. It's like, quiet, quiet. For the love of God, be quiet. I think oh, they think funny. it's a game. You know, they're going crazy. And they and I, I jump up and I'm yelling at them. And they think, oh, it's fun. I'm like, no, it's not. Stop it, you dumb dogs. Be quiet. <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, cats don't do that. There's some advantages to cats. Somebody's knocking at the door. The cat's not going, there's somebody at the door. There's somebody at the door. There's somebody at the door. Somebody knocks at the door, and the cat like may may look at the door and go, hey, you, uh, human, get rid of that noise. Right? <laughs> Maybe. That's, <laughs> and that's if they acknowledge any noise at all. Um, yeah, yeah but, a, but a cat's not going to protect your home when you're gone either. No, although, I'm not but so, I don't know how much a weenie dog will do it. I was going to say, yeah, I'm not so sure that there's, you know, my dogs are not guard dogs. They're good alarm dogs. They're not guarding anything. They will, they will announce that there's something that they're afraid of or they're concerned about loudly and repeatedly, but they're not protecting anything. They're not a guard dog. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I've got to say at least they 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 don't other than the one who's deaf, blind, and toothless, um, they don't tend to like just bark at things randomly. They're not yippy, which that I like. I could I I have never been fans of dogs that are overly talkative. <laughs> that, that that really yippy dogs, you know. Regardless, of, and some breeds tend to be more so than others. Um, I've got one who who's protective of his mama, and so if she's home, he barks at things that go bump in the night just because he can't see. But, uh, you know, when he was younger, he wasn't so bad. Now he is. But anyhow, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole Amazon thing? I mean. I I think that, um, you know, like a lot of the really, really insanely big companies, and they grew very fast, um, Mm. that there were some, there's some shady things going on. Certainly, um, you know, we saw that in the tech industry. That's in, and this is, yeah. things are starting to write themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that the, the laws always trail innovation, right? And a lot of these things are innovative. They're new ways of doing business and different types of businesses. And laws didn't really cover what they were doing. And so now they're catching up, or, or in some cases, there were laws, but nobody even saw what was happening because it happened so fast. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, what kind of restrictions get put on these things as, as the 
government slowly starts to figure it out. And, you know, and and part of it, you know, part of the reason it takes so long is because you've got to wait for the lawmakers who have been there for 40,000 years to retire so that somebody who's actually used Facebook and knows what a computer is. And, and I say that, you know, half jokingly, um, you know, understands the Internet can come in and, and take the spot so that they can at least speak as a as a person who's actively used these products before. I mean, um, you know, how many of our senators actually have ever used Twitter? Well, some of them have. Some of the younger ones have. Some of these older guys, the ones that are running things, you know, they've got people on their staff who use Twitter, but they don't do it. They don't they don't know what this stuff is. They're not getting on the, the you know, the, the interwebs. It's like a big series <laughs> of pipes. <sighs> so we are completely out of time, and I have an early meeting, so I definitely have to scoot. All right. Well, you scoot, and we'll call it a day. Thanks for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.